Podcasting from Hartford, you're listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast, your place for all things Connecticut sports. And here is your host, Jared Cutler. Next up for UConn, we've got a game against Georgetown. And joining me today is Patrick Stevens. He's the guru on, on all things DMV basketball. So, Patrick, thanks so much for joining me today. Well, thanks so much for having me. So I, I got to start, and, and I like to ask this of all the, the writers that I have on the podcast as we lead up to these games. I know expectations were kind of interesting for Georgetown coming into this year. If you had to give Georgetown a grade heading into this game uh, on how they played so far this season, I, I think I could probably guess where you're going with this one, but but what are you giving them? It, it, it isn't very good. I mean, I, personally, you know, the, the, the interesting thing to me is haven't been around here, you know, you know, Georgetown is not as interested in generating attention for itself as a lot of other programs. That's just kind of the reality of it. I'm not being critical, although it would certainly help people like me do our jobs better if they were. But just in general, they, you know, it's kind of radio silence a lot of the time. And this year, coming off of a Big East tournament run, you know, really yeah. four great days for them, regardless of how you slice it. It was the best that they've played in, in the first four seasons under Patrick Hewitt. And basically heard not a peep out of them at all, all summer, basically. And so you're kind of sitting there wondering, are you, what are you going to see once this team is actually on the floor and there isn't really that much talk? And I know one friend of mine pointed out that they didn't actually update the roster on their website until like mid-October, early October, <laughs> something like that. So, you know, it, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you don't know what's there. And then you see what's there, and, you know, they obviously lost a fair bit from last season. Uh, they had some veteran guys there that, that departed. Uh, Kadus Wahab transferred to Maryland, uh, where and I, I think that's something that hasn't worked out for Wahab or for Georgetown yeah. uh, at this point. Uh, and so, you know, you're left with a team that, that is relying heavily on Amina Muhammad, who's, I think, had a really solid freshman year. I, I can't sit here and complain about what he's done. He's, he's, he's a diligent rebounder and, and, and they're, you know, their best scorer for sure. And then they've got pieces around that are, that are okay. I mean, they're not the sort of pieces that you would expect to be prominent on a, on a high profile biggies contending team. Um, there's good pieces, you know, there, there's guys that would, would be better pieces if they were the fifth starter rather than the, the second or third starter. <laughs> and so, you know, you kind of look at them and, and, and frankly, you know, they don't play a whole lot of defense, which really isn't anything new from the last few years. Uh, that was one of the things about that big East tournament run that was so riveting was that they, they finally were playing some defense. They had the COVID shutdown, which obviously didn't help. Mm -hmm. uh, and they haven't obviously gotten themselves on track. I, I would say that that Marquette game coming out of that pause was probably I, I don't want to say it's the, the worst game that they've played, but in terms of effort, especially at the defensive end, it was it was really lacking. And so since then, they haven't had a game like that where they just didn't show up, mm -hmm. uh, but they're clearly not as good as the teams that they're playing right now. Uh, even a Providence team that was coming off of its own pause. And you think, well, maybe, you know, in this weird era, like that's the spot where you want to get somebody coming <laughs> off a pause. And it's still like a seven or eight point loss on the road. So, uh, you know, I think for Georgetown, uh, I didn't have particularly high expectations. And, and here they are at six and 10, 0 and five in the Big East. And, you know, I, I kind of thought that they would be a team capable of realistically winning about five Big East games over mm -hmm. the course of the season. And I, I don't, I'm not particularly optimistic at this point that they're going to get there. 
Yeah. When you look at the the schedule and, and the results for this Georgetown team, the past two games have at least been a little bit better mm-hmm. than than how they played for most of the season, losing to Providence by by eight there and mm-hmm. then uh, to Villanova by 11. When they've played these teams a little better, what has it been about this Georgetown team that, that's kept them in these games at least and, and ha- hasn't turned the game into a complete rout? Well, I, I think a lot of it, I mean, you kind of look at the scores of those two games and they tell you a lot, you know, I'm, I'm on the Kempom page right now yeah. for Georgetown. Okay. So they lose to Providence 83, 75 in a 67 possession game. And they lose to Villanova 85, 74 in a 65 possession game, which tells you that this Georgetown team is a lot like its immediate predecessors, which is that on the right night, they can outscore you. Like yeah. they can go play a game where they beat you 79, 75 or 83, 81. But they're not built to beat you in a game that's 65, 63 or something like that, which is part of what made that, again, going back to that Big East tournament, that was, yeah. the, that was the thing that was like, whoa, what, where's this been all this time? And, and the reality is, is, is that they do have enough guys. Muhammad is a talented player. You have guys like Donald Carey and Caden Rice, uh, guys that began their careers at Mount St. Mary's and the Citadel, which is not necessarily something you expect to see. Although I do realize I'm speaking to a Connecticut audience. I will tell you that being down here, it was pretty obvious RJ Cole could have played at a lot of different places as a freshman. So I know that, I know that that was where that was probably going to go. If I didn't, if I didn't throw that caveat out, but those are, you know, in in talking about rice and carry, those are two guys that have made the most of their skill set, and they can hit outside shots. Uh, But they're not, they're not the sort of guys that are going to average 20 points a game in a power conference. They're just yeah. not. And so you look at, they've got the, they've got a rotation of big men um, that have been kind of, you know, they're, they're all kind of projects in their own way. Uh, I think Ryan Matumbo has a chance to be good over the long haul. Malcolm Wilson is, is a rugged player who, who I think too probably isn't uh, you know, superstar material, but he works hard pretty much every game out. Uh, and then they just got Timothy Agahefe back from injury. So you know, they've got some guys there. Colin Holloway obviously had the big game against Villanova. They have yeah. guys that occasionally pop up off the bench. But, you know, the, ultimately the thing is they can score. They really can't defend. And so if you're sitting here saying, what what's the common thread when they play well? They play well on offense. Yeah. Defensively, it, it's been a problem for them, not just this year, but in recent years. I, I think that makes this matchup very interesting in the fact that UConn's going to defend very well. Uh, mm-hmm. which will be interesting to see how, how Georgetown can then contend offensively uh, and then seeing how UConn's offense can, can click if Georgetown's not defending at a high level. So I, I think it makes for uh, an interesting matchup come Tuesday night. Yeah, and I mean, I kind of look at some of this stuff like, I mean, you know, this is a, a team in, in Connecticut uh, that, that forces a fair number of turnovers, that offensive rebounds at a good clip. And Georgetown commits a bunch of turnovers and does not offensive rebound. They do offensive rebound. They don't defensive rebound at a particularly great clip. So, you know, I do think, you know, I I think I said this to somebody who's probably going into the Syracuse game. You know, what's the key to Georgetown? If you not, if you shut down those three point shooters, then you're going to have a really good chance to to, to win that game. And if Rice and Carey and a couple of those guys, Dante Harris, who I haven't mentioned, obviously was, was great at the tail end of last year's freshman year uh, and is, probably their second best player this season. Uh, you know, if those guys get going, then then you've got a game on your hands. If you're looking at this from Dan Hurley's perspective, I know you've gone through a few guys here on the roster. If he's kind of developing his game plan around who he's going to focus most defensively on, who, who is he focusing to try to take out of this game first? Well, I, I think as long as he trusts 
that his players will run their typical uh, defense level of, of, of defensive attention on the perimeter, mm-hmm. then the key, I think, is, is dealing with Amina Muhammad and also disrupting Dante Harris. Th- those are the two guys that can cause you the most trouble uh, if in the circumstance of being able, having basically the most upside of the bunch. You can't ignore Caden Rice. I mean, he hit like nine or ten three-pointers in a game earlier this season, which was a school record. <laughs> You know, you can't ignore Donald Carey, but at the same time, those are probably not the guys you're building an entire game plan around. It, it's yeah. going to be much more a matter of frustrating Muhammad, uh, who's a guy, you know, he's had some odd games this season. Sometimes he's been he's been fabulous. He was awesome against Syracuse. You know, I thought that was a game. Is he going to get frustrated with the zone? And instead, they just eventually parked him in the middle of the zone, and he, and he had a fine day and scored 23 points. You look at the game that he had against Butler, on the other hand, you know, he, he did something really hard to do. He was two of 16 from the floor, and he only attempted one three. Oh, and so that, that you don't see every day. No, so no. that's the guy I think that has the that has the you know, who's who's the guy most likely to score 30 getting off the bus? It's yeah. Muhammad in all in all likelihood. As long as you're paying attention to those other guys on the perimeter. You know, if Caden Rice has a bunch of open looks and you leave him open, well, he's probably gonna knock him down because that's what he's done throughout his career, both at the Citadel and at Georgia. As you look at this team, comparing it to last year's team, you know, there are definitely some some similarities there. Could you see this team being able to make a run similar to the one last year's team did, or or is this team a a notch below? Well, I I think it's a notch below, but if you'd asked me that question at this time last year, I'd have said the same thing. Um, The one thing that, that is clearly worse about this team, you know, that, that team last year occasionally, showed some glimmers at the defensive end. This is this is Ewing's worst defensive team by by a healthy margin when you look at the Ken Bomb numbers. I mean, the adjusted defense rankings from 2018 to 2022, 119th, 133rd, 125th, 49th, and now 252nd. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, that that to me is the thing that kind of stands out. And, and you look at, at some of the guys that they lost. I mentioned I mentioned Javon Blair a little bit earlier, uh, Chudier Belay. Uh, as well. Jamarco Pickett. I mean, those were guys that really helped them out on the defensive end. And, and they don't have those guys anymore. And it's a little bit of a question of who actually is sort of that defensive heartbeat for this team. I mean, I think Harris is a guy that for sure is is the most likely guy to, to take that mantle. Uh, and Don Carey has some nights where, where he's pretty effective. I mean, he's 6'5", 190 or so. So he, he certainly has the frame to be able to do it. Uh, but ultimately, you know, that's the thing that stands out that that's worse about this Georgetown team uh, compared to its most recent additions. You know, offensively, they're not as good, uh, but it's not as blindingly obvious that they're not as good. Like you go and watch them, yeah. you can tell defensively it's a team that has a lot of deficiencies. Uh, I'll wrap up on this one. I think. UConn fans, when when they came back to the Big East, I think Georgetown were, was one of those opponents that are excited to play again. I know Georgetown's had some down years when you take out, especially the, the run at the end of last year. What, what's the feeling around the D.C. area now around this Georgetown program? Is it kind of some general apathy or, or, around the Hoyas? I, I, is, I, is think, there... I think apathy is the right word. I mean, you know, there, the Marquette game, when they came back from their from their pause, I mean, there wasn't a lot. It was a 6.30 on a Friday night, which, I mean, anybody familiar with D.C. knows trying to do something yeah. at 6.30 is just, it's not a good idea, uh, even with Metro accessibility. 
And there, there weren't a lot of people there. And by the time they got to the under four timeout, there's some guy in the club level wearing a Marquette shirt yelling out, you know, we are Marquette, you know, and there's, and it's just echoing all over the place, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's especially evident for some of those non-conference games where you're sitting there in a 20,000 seat arena and there's, you know, in a friendly count, 2000 people there. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of some of the numbers have been kind of like 2,700, 4,200, stuff like that. Uh, for a game, for a team like Villanova, they're going to draw better. For a team like I think a UConn and a Syracuse, they're going to draw better. But some of that's a function of those fans, fans coming, coming in down, yeah. and saying, "Well, this is a nice day trip here," you know. Or yeah. we've got a bunch of Connecticut and St. John's alums in the in the DC area, uh, or Syracuse alums, or whatever. Uh, and so, yeah, I think when you kind of look at what they've done here. Um, if they didn't have that that Big East tournament run that last year, that's six consecutive years without a tournament berth, and this year would have been seven. So obviously, yeah. that it's not a it's not a you know it's it's not that sort of streak because of that run. But they weren't very good, and obviously didn't have fans last year anyway. So at this point, you know the the product just has not been overwhelming. I mean, you think about this: this is a team that hasn't finished above five hundred the Big East since two thousand fifteen. So. Yeah. You know, it's not it, it's not a it's not something that people have really gotten behind because there hasn't been a whole lot to get behind. I think I think the whole idea of Ewing being back and and this that and the other in the moment that would have been a great thing, you know, to sort of you know rally some folks. They just weren't able to capitalize on it, and now you, you're kind of in a spot that a lot of college programs are at in this area, which is you got to win before people pay attention. Now, yeah. you know, and it used to be. It used to be Georgetown didn't have to worry about that, you know. Right. And 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 now I think that they do. Yeah. Well, Patrick, I, I appreciate the time and, and thanks for helping us break down Georgetown heading into this game. Well, thanks so much for having me, Jared. Thanks for listening to the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast with Jared Cutler. If you like the show and want to know more, check out the podcast on Twitter at CT Scoreboard Pod, the host at Jared Cutler, and find us on Facebook at the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. Finally, if you enjoy what you're listening to, rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.